Welcome to Stories of Change and Creativity. I'm Judy Oscom, a university professor, Gallup Strengths Coach, and Tiny Habits Coach. On this episode, I talk with Macy Westcott. She's a messaging strategist, copywriter, and digital marketing expert. Macy's journey from a successful corporate career to entrepreneur is fascinating. She was in her early 30s, working full-time, and looking for something interesting to do outside of work. Well, she found an unpaid internship, and it changed her life. You'll hear the story. Today, she helps thought leaders, coaches, and passion-driven entrepreneurs tell and sell their own stories. I hope you enjoy our conversation. I wasn't always a copywriter and a digital marketer. I um, did go to college for marketing and finance, and out of college, I did work in kind of the fundraising world, um, did some corporate marketing, and kind of had some, all my jobs had to do with marketing, but were just really different. Um, The last corporate job I had before abandoning corporate was for an education company, um, doing college admissions and standardized testing, marketing that. Um, marketing services for that up and down kind of the the West Coast. I lived in the Bay Area. And I just felt this was about 2009. I started feeling just a little bit bored with corporate marketing. And um, at the time, I was living in San Francisco. So I went on Craigslist to look for kind of a volunteer opportunity. I was looking for just something to do on my nights and weekends that might just, I don't know, give me a little more professional fulfillment. I ended up finding a woman who had a startup uh, app. At the time, it was a revolutionary idea. It was matching people um, who moved to new cities with friends, potential friends. So if you've relocated and you're looking to kind of just like hang out or like, you know, have coffee with someone, her app matched people for that. Again, this was 2009. It was was new. Everything was new. Yeah. At the time. And she was looking for someone to help her with marketing. So I met with her. And we hit it off and she said, Hey, I can't pay you right now. I'm a startup. Would you be interested in interning part-time? And I was like, sure. Um, I'm happy to do that. Here I am a person in my early thirties and I'm interning. Right. Professional, right. Exactly. Um, In my spare time, I helped her build that business. And over the next several years, uh, I was able to move into a part-time paid position and a full-time paid position. Basically, learning online digital marketing by fire. So like we were learning together. I learned email marketing. I learned how to craft emails, how to craft sales funnels, all of the things that, you know, I do now in my um, email marketing world, (laughs) in my digital marketing world, I learned working with her kind of hands on. And she gave me a lot of space to learn and experiment. And that was really great. Um, over time, we ended up building her business to having a full team, uh, an eight-figure business. She's a published author. She speaks internationally. And uh, when I left in 2016, I had been running her whole operations and marketing department for a couple of years. Wow. wow. So <laughs> the, the free internship that I took on a whim ended up paying off. Um really well. And I loved it. I loved working for her. But in 2016, I had my second child. And what I decided I needed at that point was I needed to have full autonomy of my schedule. I didn't want to have to call a boss 
and explain that I didn't get enough sleep the night before because I had a child awake or anything like that. And I was like, I feel like I'm really close to being able to achieve that. So how can I do that? I'm like, I think I can take what I've done for this company and I can basically become a freelancer or a consultant and do this for other people. And that's what I did in starting in 2016. And, um, it was shortly after that, that I got burned out on doing all the things and said, I got to focus on one thing here. What do I do well that will keep me kind of hands off in people's businesses? No one's going to call me in the middle of the night because their email stopped working. Right, right, <laughs> and right. that ended up being copywriting. So I kind of had this full circle experience where, um, you know, I started out in marketing and doing things like that and went the whole gamut and came back to settling in on copywriting, it's something that I can measure the results with. And it's something that is a little bit creative. And um, that is, I went and got some education with copy hackers. And I learned a couple different methodologies of copies that I could feel legit. Even though I had been writing copy for a long time, I had no formal education in it. And that really kind of took me to the next level in my Mm -hmm. ability. Um, and I've been doing that ever since, so since 2017. Well, I'll say, I mean, you really have uh, the magic when it comes to messaging. And uh, as someone who's benefited from your expertise, I think you really do. And, you know, you know, you say on your website that you, you know, you enjoy, uh, you, you, you know, you really go for ethos driven copy. Mm-hmm. What, what does that mean? Because you have such a way of connecting with your clients and you, you know, you don't do business as usual, as you say, too. So what's what's the magic uh, secret sauce there when when it comes to creating the right copy? Yeah. So one of the things that I kind of let the cat out of the bag when I talk about a big copywriter secret is that really good copy is assembled often rather than written. So a lot of uh, being a good copywriter is actually being a good listener. And so when I say I'm doing authentic, authentically written copy or ethos driven copy, it means that I really dig deep into who you are as my client, who your what your brand is going to reflect um, and who your audience is. And then we really take that information and figure out how you can best communicate with them. And that's really what it comes down to is A, how do you want to express yourself? And B, how does your audience want you to connect with them? And kind of just make connecting the dots from there. Um, And I make it sound much more simple than maybe it is, but (laughs) um, it's just, I, I, maybe I have a natural knack to make that happen. You do, you do, (laughs) you do. But really, I think a lot of it comes down to listening and um, being able to communicate with people in the way that they need you to communicate with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, I can tell you, you know, you really do have that magic, and I know you're you're a big Gallup Strengths Finder fan. And how how did how did knowing your strengths help you as an entrepreneur? Help you make some of those transitions and leveling up? Yeah, I've leaned on my strengths at different times throughout my career path. In fact, I believe I did my strengths for the first time in college as part of a college class, and at the time. The way that it helped me was that I was at a pivotal time in my life where I was crafting resumes for the first time and really pulling together my experience. And the Strength Finder at that point helped me kind of label and, and identify some of the, you know, 
des- disparate things that I had done and kind of pull them together and make some sense out of them. Later in life, again, um, when I was working for this woman, her husband was a strengths finder coach and we did it as a team. So I brought my strengths and we did it as a team. And that really helped me figure out where I could best contribute to the team and also showed us as a group of women working together where we could also lean on each other and um, hand things off and be like, I know that this is in your wheelhouse and feel good about that and not feel like we were passing the buck, but like that we understood our strengths over um, each other's strengths and everything. And then as an entrepreneur, uh, I really kind of leaned into it more, um, my top five, because it gave me permission to not have to do all of the things as an entrepreneur, to not feel like I had to be good at everything all the time. I was like, you know what? This is what I do well naturally. This is what my you know experience is in. And the other things I can let go or I can get help with. So it really just gave me permission to work um, more within my strengths. Well, and you know, let me let me just uh, out your your top five. You've got strategic, activator, individualization, ideation, and communication. Mm-hmm. Such a perfect mix to do what you do and to connect with clients and to help mm-hmm. us solve problems and meet meet the needs of our audiences. I think that's perfect. Strategic, you see various patterns of ways to approach. Activator, you can actually get going and pull the trigger. Individualization, you see the uniqueness of everyone that you meet. You enjoy that. Um, And I saw that too. You really dive in and get to know your clients Mm -hmm. and ask them all the questions. Ideation, your ideas, you have tons of ideas. You're, uh, you know, um, super creative uh, just by nature of that. And then communication, you can wrap it all up and you're naturally good with words and uh, whether it's verbal or text or whatever. So I think that's a nice, such a nice mix to do what you do. And, and I think when someone's working with, you know, you know, with you, what kind of questions are you asking to help us draw out some of that information? A lot of times it's mostly casual conversation. Um, I ask people, you know, why they got into the business they are in, you know, what, what is your why? Why is this important to you? Why is this work important to you? You know, who is your audience and, you know, diving even deeper into that. Why, why is that your audience? Why is it important for you to serve that particular person? Why is that person drawn to you? So it's really, really diving into a lot of the whys. And then we talk about the hows, like, how do you serve them? How do they want you to serve them? You know, how can you deliver develop and deliver solutions that meet them where they are right now, um, where they don't have to stretch and and really consider whether or not they need whatever the um, product or services that you have, because you're meeting them where they are with their needs. So it's really just a lot of conversation. I take a lot of notes. I start to kind of connect the dots between um, the things that people are saying that they're interested in and their audience is interested in because that's kind of where the secret sauce is, right? Where we make those connections. And so um, I dive deep into some of that and then we get into some more of the nitty gritty of what services and products you offer. But really the gold comes from how people describe themselves and um, their audience when they're not editing themselves or putting a filter on. 
when you sit down to write for yourself, a lot of times you over edit yourself. You want to sound a certain way. You don't want to offend anyone. You want to, um, you almost over edit yourself, not you, but just almost all my clients and everyone I've worked with. So what I'm able to do is come in and kind of bring an outsider's perspective and say, no, that's the horn you want to toot. Like that's the strength we want to pull out. And that's where the connection is made. And it helps clients have the confidence to kind of present themselves in kind of a more vulnerable way, in a fully formed way to their audience and really make those deeper connections. You don't well, have I've, to self-edit. Well, yeah. And and I've noticed that in um, your writing is so conversational and yet direct and there's a purpose. So you're taking the reader, whether it's online or on a brochure or whatever, on a journey and they don't even know they got there because they enjoy the words and the language. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so refreshing. And again, I, I think you helped push me at least kind of out of my comfort zone a little bit. Can you talk about how you do that? Because I, I think that's a real challenge too, and a real skill and expertise for you from, from your end. Yeah. Some of that comes from my client's ability to just trust me because they've seen that I've been able to deliver this for other people before too. And also because when they see the final product and they see it being told more like a story and more of a connection versus kind of that older school kind of, you know, you get a flyer in the mail that's like a kind of a cheesy, like hard sell type of Um, copy, you know, now people really connect through stories and authenticity. Like today's consumer is very savvy and they want to do business with people who align with their values and align with their visions. So the more you can put that out there for people um, and the more you can get confident in your own brand, in your own voice, the more that you'll easily, you'll be able to connect with people. And I think a lot of it just comes from practice and trust on the client's behalf that I have their best interest in mind. But also when they see the copy, it doesn't feel like sales copy that feels smarmy or like over the top. It's authentic and, um, you know, really story-based and connection-based. Like that's our intention here. We're not trying to sell, you know, snow to like a penguin. (laughs) Like we're trying like something they don't need. We're trying to sell something to someone that they need the product. They're seeking it and they just need that extra. They need the confidence to move forward with pulling the trigger as far as like, you know, purchasing a service or purchasing a product or something like that to help them solve a problem or give them a tool to solve a problem in their life. I think what I've seen you help me and with with others that I know too, who you've worked with is really kind of better explain and communicate the value. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the value. And sometimes that's harder for us to kind of explain that. And I think you kind of just had the magic words that kind of made it work. But but I know that takes a lot of work on the back end. So it, you know, you have to really do the due diligence to get to know the client and the individual and the service. So um, I just think that's, you know, sort of, sort of a magic superpower you have, Macy. So, well, I'm telling uh, you, it's all about listening skills because all of that comes from the client themselves. They tell me the value and how it connects with their audience. And it's just, um, sometimes you're just too close to it to see it yourself. And so it takes kind of an outsider to kind of pull that out for you and 
put it together in a way that makes sense and is really effective. Well, and and uh, would you have a tip for for someone who's trying to build a business, you know, an entrepreneur that's looking at what do I do? How do I how do I communicate that? Where's the first place they should start? Mm-hmm. So um, the first thing you should do if you're trying to build your business, I think, is invest in yourself, invest in tools over solutions. So a mistake that I see people making is they buy a course or they buy a program or they buy something that they view is an ultimate solution to whatever they need. And my approach has been, how is this going to be a tool that allows me to create a solution? Because none of those things are actually going to solve your problem. When I decided to invest a lot of money in my copywriting education through copy hackers, I wasn't investing in a solution just taking the program wasn't going to make me a copywriter, right? I had to look at that as I'm investing in a tool that is going to allow me to create a solution for myself to build a business. I was investing in myself. And that is one place that you should feel confident about investing in um, as you're building skills. Um, You know, if you're, if you need a website, investing in a good quality, whatever the, the most you can afford, like, You don't need to overextend yourself, but find the best person within your price range that can help you get to the next level and and view all of those transactions as tools that you have to put into action in order to make something of it. Because a lot of times we think, if I just get this website built, everything will be fine. If I just get these emails written, I'll start making money. But those aren't the solutions. Those are just tools that you need to then take and make a solution with and move forward with on your own. So like just changing your mindset that way can make a huge difference in getting stuck early on um, as you're building your business. I, I think that's great advice. And to and to understand that this is a process. Mm-hmm. It's a process. Can you can you touch on that? Because your oh, career yeah. has been a process. So exactly. That's the other thing is just because you're doing something now doesn't mean you're going to be doing it in a year from now. If you don't like Anything that you're doing, find a way to hand it off to someone else or take it out of your business completely. Um, There's things that I'm good at that I don't like to do. Um, And I had to kind of be like, you know, just because you're good at it doesn't mean you have to do it. You know, if it's something that you don't want to do or don't like to do, just don't do that anymore. If you like writing copy and you like helping people develop offers, you know, that they can sell to their community or their audience like focus on that. Just do that. Sometimes you have to do a little bit of something you don't want to do for a short time while you're moving towards something else, but it's never, you should never feel stuck. The beauty of being a business owner and having your own business is that you can do whatever you want. It's your business. You know, as long as you are kind of like feeling good and in alignment with what you're doing and you're serving your audience and that's, relationship is good. You don't have to keep doing things that you don't want to do. And you could pivot. I have friends that have gone from, you know, handcrafting and selling baby clothes to becoming, you know, permaculture farmers. I have a friend who used to have like a a craft food business and now she designs websites for people. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're a business owner, and you're drawn to something else, you don't have to feel like you're stuck in what you're doing. That's why we leave corporate because we don't want to feel exactly, stuck. exactly, exactly. And 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 your your gig started as a side hustle. 
Mm-hmm. So, and, yep. and you took the chance. I love it that you took the, the chance to do the internship because mm-hmm. we're always telling students, do as much as you can, get as much experience as you can. But even people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s can do can do internships or create mm-hmm. apprenticeship with someone to learn goes back to investing in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And when I took that internship, I had no idea it was going to turn into eventually a full-time job, you know, with this person. I was literally just looking for something to get put a spark in my life and to do something new. And that's that's all I was seeking at the time. And whatever came of it, came of it. If I would have done it for three months and then moved on to something else, that would have still been a great experience. But it was very interesting to me because over time I was able to turn it into a part-time paid gig, a full-time paid gig, running her whole entire operations and marketing departments. Um, By the time I left, I mean, we grew a business together and that was not what I anticipated when I was just literally looking for something fun to do on my evenings and weekends. (laughs) Right, right. But it was just saying yes to each opportunity as it fell in alignment with what I wanted. And there was even a time when we moved and I left my corporate job and I was still only part-time with her, she couldn't afford beyond full-time that I had to go and take another part-time job because I had faith at that point that I was going to get full-time eventually, but the part-time gig wasn't paying me enough. So I went and found something to supplement the income until she could hire me full-time. And that was a little bit challenging to be in your mid thirties and kind of like have left a really lucrative job that you kind of felt was like the goal to now be working part-time and then taking another part-time job and your family and friends are like, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm doing what feels right to me right now. And, you know, now several years later, I have my own successful business and I wouldn't have this if I hadn't done that. Right. And, and rewriting the script, Mm -hmm. you know, what, whatever the goal is changes. So Mm -hmm. what, what are you looking ahead now? Look ahead so, for, for Macy Westcott. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because when I first started my online business, I was kind of a jack of all trades doing everything for people. They're back end tech, writing their creative. I was I was actually operating like I was still running the operations and marketing for all of my clients. <laughs> and sure. I got burned out doing that. So that's when I pulled back into copy. But what I realized writing copy for people is, you know you have to also have a really solid product. And marketing doesn't start when you start selling your product. Marketing starts when you start developing your product. So now I'm working with people at the beginning of their offer development versus them coming to me only at the end saying, here, I've built this wonderful, beautiful thing. I need you to help me sell it. Now, I still do that. But now I'm encouraging people to work with me earlier in the process and come to me and say, okay, so... As you're developing this, let's make sure you're in alignment with what your audience needs all the time. We do the same communication that we do during the sales page, email, copywriting process, but we do it earlier in the development of the offer. That way, by the time that offer is completely ready to go, it really is ready to go. I don't have to send them back to the drawing board to add bonuses or modules to a course or work out kind of the workflow of how they're going to provide the service. Um, So I kind of went back to doing some more of that backend stuff, but only the parts that I like, which is the offer development and the planning process. They still have to hire someone to implement it on their tech. I'm not doing that anymore. (laughs) That was too stressful. 
Well, and and that really takes advantage of your strategic because you you really are a strategist. Mm-hmm. And if someone is is smart, they're going to work with you in the beginning like that. Mm-hmm. And then they offer, and that's where the rubber hits the road as far mm-hmm. as the money. So mm-hmm. in a way, there there are some real metrics that you can show and the client can see as well, I'm sure, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I feel more confident writing for a product that I've been part of the development in where I know that what the the what we're promising is what they're actually going to get. Um, I don't I don't write sales copy to to make you know to make it sound like you're getting something that you're not. Like everything should feel very authentic, and um, I like that part of the process, knowing that this person is delivering what we're saying they're going to deliver, and that they're the real deal, and their product or solution that they're offering is going to get people exactly what they need and want. Well, and that actually goes back to your startup experience with your internship. You were integral in the whole operation. Mm-hmm. And so you you really gained a lot of skills, I think, then in how to do this. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you, 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 you manage people and data. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of pushing that forward to the end offer, which, which the client must love to see because that's the money. So, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, great. and that's what I realized too is that every every job I've had from restaurant management to fundraising to corporate marketing to working in the startup, I did manage people and data, but also a customer experience. And I think that that kind of trifecta is what helps me. You know, the fact that I can talk to clients—that's kind of the management of the people. The fact that I can kind of rely on data as to how what we can expect from a launch or how we can expect your product to do, but then also make sure that the customer experience is there. Like if you're doing fundraising and you're asking people to donate, you know, six figures to a foundation, you also have to like treat them as a client or a customer and make sure that their experience or whatever they're getting is from a benefit or whatever is going to be top notch. I mean, that's why you have like, these galas and stuff to encourage people to give more. And that's kind of what they're getting from it. They're getting to go to this party and meet people. And it was the same thing in restaurant management. Like at the end of the day, your customers had to be happy or you're out of business. You know what I mean? So you have labor to manage, you have, you know, uh, staff to manage, you have numbers and goals to meet, but you also have to keep, you know, your audience happy and your customer happy. And I think that that, kind of combination of things and experience that I've had everywhere down the line kind of makes me the copywriter that I am and the communicator that that I am. I love it, Macy. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. And I'm excited to see where, where your business grows. And I look forward to working with you more in the future. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks a lot, Judy. This was awesome. Thanks for listening to Stories of Change and Creativity. Reach out to me if you want to learn to leverage your strengths and master your superpowers. And remember, if you've got a story to tell or know someone who does, contact me at judyoscom.com. Thanks for listening.